This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. The Toronto Blue Jays in action right now. They're up to nothing. A good start. Thanks to uh, some offense from Vladdy Guerrero Jr. So the club that has lost, what is like seven of their last 10 games, something like that, uh, and out of the wild card chase is uh, hanging in there. Actually doing very well. Bottom of the third, they're up two nothing. They are one out, runners on second and third. So that's a nice start, isn't it? The World Junior Hockey Championships will resume tomorrow, an off day in the tournament. And uh, Canada getting ready to play Switzerland tomorrow. That game is at 5 o'clock Edmonton time right here at Rogers Place. And the rest of the schedule looks like this. Germany plays Finland at 10 a.m. Then Latvia plays Sweden at 1.30. And as I mentioned, Canada, Sweden at 5, or Switzerland rather, Switzerland at 5. And then the Czechs play the United States at 8.30. A busy, busy day tomorrow at Rogers Place. The semifinals are on Friday, and then the uh, gold medal games on the weekend. And we'll talk about the uh, World Juniors later on in this show with Gemma Carson Smith, a CP writer, a sports writer, does great work, is in town covering this tournament, and uh, kind of strange. And yet, we're seeing some good hockey from the Canadian side who have really rarely been tested, it seems like. I know it was 5 3 at one point yesterday in the third period against Finland in that uh, final prelim game, but uh, the Canadians found the way to get it done. So lots of action coming tomorrow here in Edmonton at Rogers Place. In Ottawa on Friday, it'll be Elks and Red Blacks, 2-7 and seven versus 1-7. and seven. Of course, you know 2-7, and seven, that's the record of your Edmonton Elks, unfortunately. And we have Countdown to Kickoff with Brendan Escott at 3.30 and the kickoff from TD Place in Ottawa will be at 5 o'clock. And uh, the crowds have been really good in Ottawa lately. 20,000-plus uh, in the stadium for all three of their home games. I believe they played just three home games so far. Um, but really good crowds. I mean, that's impressive for a team that has won only once out of 19 games, their last 19 home games. Sadly, that one win was against the Edmonton Elks last season in uh, a rare Tuesday night game in late September, if you uh, all remember. Uh, in the season that wasn't overly memorable. Hey, it's Dave Campbell in for Reed Wilkins tonight and uh, this week on 630 Chat Inside Sports. Well, this is my final show of the week. I'll hand the keys to Brendan Escott. He'll be in the chair uh, tomorrow and on Thursday. And, of course, he'll be, as I mentioned, countdown to kickoff at 3.30, live coverage Friday night of the late afternoon Friday of the Elks and Red Blacks. Elks back on the field today. And uh, they did make some news before camp, or uh, before a practice today. The uh, three players got released. One is uh, Ethan McConzo, the brother of Enoch McConzo, who looks like he's going to start the Sam linebacker position again. I thought he played pretty well, uh, Enoch did. Uh, definitely likes to get his nose dirty. Threw a big hit on Keon Schaefer-Baker that knocked him out of the game in the fourth quarter. Uh, got down in the box, played really, really well. And uh, a defense that overall played well, except for one bad 
area of the game. And we'll get to that in a moment, and you can guess what it is. But yeah, his brother Ethan, who's a defensive back, who was released earlier in the year, brought back, and now he's released again. And that's probably because Mike Dubison is going to be ready to play on special teams on Friday. He missed last game because of injury. Also, Hakeem Butler played in one game, not overly impressive against the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. And Charles Nelson, who uh, I think came in with some, with, there was some hope that he would be able to resurrect and stabilize and get some production in the special teams as far as the return game is going. Really got nothing going in the punt return department. Not bad on kickoff returns. But, you know, really it's the punt returns that you want uh, to see more success. And I think he only had one uh, punt return of 10 yards or more, maybe another one on Saturday. Not very good at all. We also found out today that Merrick Bowden, who is the special teams coordinator, he a couple weeks ago, and actually Morley broke this last night, uh, he asked for his uh, leave of absence. He's got to go home and uh, take care of some family business with his brothers, and that's what Chris Jones told us today. And uh, he will not be coming back for the rest of the season, so that's too bad for Merritt. We wish him the best and hope everything's okay uh, with his family and with his brothers. So Mike Shepper, who is the jack-of-all-trades, I mean, he's last time he was here, back in 2015 in the Grey Cup year, he was coaching the offensive line, and now he's coaching special teams. So a pretty well-rounded guy, but he's got a lot of work to do to get the special teams going. Uh, as far as the rest of the injuries are concerned, there's really not much to uh, to discuss here. I mean, most of the starters, if not all the starters, yeah, all the starters practice today. I mean, there was a there was it's kind of like day one, day two today. So some starters didn't get a lot of work. I mean, it's kind of experiment day, but you know, overall, um, there's really no overlying concern. There's a couple depth players that there is a concern about. Uh, Jamin Pelly on the D line, he did not practice. He's out with a personal issue, and uh, Keyshawn Lucier South, who uh, didn't start last game, was in a more of a reserve role had an ankle injury during practice, and he left early and did not return, so he was limited. So that's it. That's pretty much it. So looks like they're going to get one special teamer back, and so far all the starters are accounted for. But first time we saw the Elks since that loss, 34-23 to the Riders on Saturday. Chris Jones, head coach, why did you lose the game? Penalties, you yeah. know, decision-making, penalties. Uh, that cost us the ball game, both, uh, you know, from the very – very first you don't see it as uh, the casual fan or the reporter you don't see the the decisions that are made that are that allow some of the things to happen some of the explosions that happen you see the you see the big penalties and the things that where the decision making but it's it's more than that it's uh, when you see that there's an explosion and there's somebody running you know open or there's a big catch there's there's usually a decision that's made that's allowed that to happen and so you know uh, those are the top things that that when we fix that we can become a good thing hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's cousin kevin's kazoo concert in kansas city go kevin or becky's bachelorette bash in bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the priceline app today your savings are waiting Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And Jones speaking about, and you definitely can hear it in his voice, the frustration of losing. 
We as coaches, that's what we get paid to do, you know, is to come and find the positives and, uh, you know, not just sit there and harp on the negatives because anytime you play a team that's uh, as good as Saskatchewan and some of the other teams that we faced, we've played some good football. We've got we've to expound on those things that we did well so that we can get them again. Yeah, I mean, we're close, but, uh, again, I, you know, uh, they don't give trophies for second, so we've got to uh, win ball games. It's just that delicate balance of, you know, you're you're not happy with losing. Chris Jones is competitive, very competitive, just like pretty much everyone on that team. Coaches, managers, players, they're competitive. They don't like losing, even though this year was going to be a very tough year to see much progress towards a playoff spot. And there's two and seven now. The reality is they could be... They could be four and five. Maybe they could be five and four. Maybe six and three. That might be a little bit too much. But I would say, you know, five and four would be realistic. And that would be, well, what would that be? That would be uh, tied for the final playoff spot in the West, right? Or in the in the CFL. So that would be a lot better instead of six points back of the Riders. And there's a chance, of course, because you got the, the Red Blacks twice. They should be able to beat them at least once, and I would say there's a chance that they should beat them twice because I do believe they're a better football team than the Red Blacks right now. But, you know, how far is that gap? Probably not very big. Probably very thin. I would give the edge to the Elks, but the Red Blacks look at the Elks the same way that the Elks look at the Red Blacks. That's what's going to make Friday and next Saturday a very interesting uh, very interesting. Uh, event to watch. And then the Elks have the Labor Day series with the Calgary Stampeders. So what do the Riders have? Well, they have home and home starting this uh, coming uh, Friday, I believe, is the game. Uh, When's the game? When's the game? When's the game? Hang on here. The game is on Friday. Yes, Uh, it's right after the Elks and Red Blacks, actually. The Riders at home to the Lions. They're home and home. And then it's their Labor Day series with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. So is there a chance that the Elks get back in the playoff picture? Yeah, sure. They got to take care of their own business and they, they need some help. And that's not the best tonic. But when it comes to becoming a better cohesive unit, a better unit when it comes to uh, the consistency that you want to see, the execution, the smarts, the, you know, stop taking so many darn penalties. I mean, 140 yards in penalties and Uh, came to my attention today that 102 were taken by the defense. Ouch, that's that's not good. But Antti Milanovic-Litre, who had a a pretty uh, decent start, or had a great start to the game, actually. He uh, had three runs of 10 yards or more, ended up with 38 yards on nine carries. Talked about just the back-and-forth nature of the game where there was so many lead changes, and the Elks found a way to, to get beyond you know, a deficit and and come back and face adversity. The problem was they didn't do that in the last five minutes. We're at, you know, 55 minutes out of that 60. Let's push a little bit extra. And it comes through practice. It comes through uh, hitting the weight room and the extra time. And it comes from recovering and doing all those little things. And this is such a difficult sport. And, 
you know, more than any other sport, I'd argue that football, you rely on absolutely every link of that chain. Mm-hmm. And that chain has to have good integrity. It has to have two good bases. And uh, it's about continuing to, to harden and to refine that our, every single link in that chain. And I think, uh, you know, I like I like how we look. We got good tensile strength. And we'll continue progressing. And we'll hold on. That chain's not going to snap at 55 minutes. Yeah. So yeah. we'll hold for that full six. I really like the things that Anthony Milanovic Litre has said over the last couple of weeks. Um, Very, very, uh, very much speaks like a leader. And he's someone that has won a great cup before with the Stampeders in 2018. And so has Sergio Castillo. He won a great cup last year with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. He learned about that program, about the consistency that they have. And uh, he spoke about what he learned from playing with the Bombers last season. Starting off with a strong core, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you have guys who have been there. You have uh, guys on offense, guys on defense, guys on special teams. Mm-hmm. Or you, you, know, you know, you have two to three guys per, um, you know, offense, defense, special teams. So that, that's big, right? And we're starting to develop that here, right? You know, if it's with Ante on, on special teams, you know, him running the ball as well, Taylor. And, uh, you know, it's just little by little where, you know, it's as much as you want to turn it around quick. You know, we've only played nine games. That's nine, you know, so we're, we're still getting to know ourselves. So I think it's just little by little finding the core and the guys that are going to uh, support that core. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's just uh, by trial and error, I think, you know, just you can't figure it out in, in nine weeks, yeah. right? If that was the case, then everyone would turn around yeah. uh, a season easily. But the main thing is uh, in Spanish, you, there's a saying, all you got to have is ganas. You know, if you have the desire, the will, that's one of the main ingredients that you need to to turn things around. I believe that's what he said. Ganas. That's what you need. Ganas. If I got that right. Ganas. So you just need the jam. You need the, the resiliency. You need the, you know, what the riders exhibited in those final five minutes is just that steely bit of confidence. And they took a lot of shots as the Elks did. The Elks threw a lot the uh, riders way defensively against Cody Fajardo, but they withstood it and they got the winning points when it mattered. And the penalties are an issue, but they're, you know what? I said this today. I, I rewatched the game last night. I always review the game and I came away with a better feeling, although the loss was really, really tough to take. And I said, you know what? In a general sense, from start to almost finish, you know, maybe from zero to 55 minutes. That is the style of defense that you want to see out of a Chris Jones defense. And I would say for most of that first half, not much in the second, some pockets in the second half, but especially that first half, that's the type of offense you want to see from this team. They have made big plays in the past game. They got the run game involved with, especially with Lee Trey, and they got Taylor Cornelius out into space, and he scored two touchdowns. The second one was was spectacular. We'll talk about that when we get back on 6.30 Chat Inside Sports. Tough news for the Toronto Argos. Uh, running back Andrew Harris out for the next few games. 
Uh, missed four to six weeks with a torn pec- pectoral muscle. Head coach Ryan Dinwiddie also mm-hmm. saying possible for Harris to miss the rest of the season. Also receiver Cam Phillips expected to be out three to four weeks with a growing injury. BC Lions QB Nathan Rourke, CFL's top performer for the third straight week, fifth time this season, threw for a Canadian record 488 yards, two touchdowns to rally the Lions to a 41-40 road win over the Calgary Stampeders, Lions receiver Brian Burnham, defensive back Wesley Sutton of the Montreal Alouettes were also honored. Rourke broke his own his own record again. He broke he's broken his own Canadian record twice. <laughs> he he broke his record on on Saturday from the previous Saturday. Of course, that was against the Edmonton Elks. Not a game that we want to remember. That's for sure from an Elks perspective. Uh, largest crowd of the season, twenty five thousand plus at Commonwealth Stadium. Uh, and yes, Ryder fans helped in that number, but it was a fun atmosphere. Sergio Castillo noticed it. So I'll say this. This is the first time all season long that I felt energy in the stadium when Taylor scored that touchdown right before the the, the half. Like, I, and I'm, I got chills running onto the extra point. That's the first time all season long. And you could just feel the energy on the sideline, but more anything, when the stadium erupted, I was like, I mean, just thinking about it right now, it's like, okay, we got something going on right here, right? So that's the positive that I'm taking, um, you know, because I'm on the outside, right? I'm, I'm only invited five to six plays a game. So the fact that we, you know, we're improving our product, you know, I think that says something, especially when the fans are able to get behind you. I noticed that too. I mean, Kellen Kennedy was in the house. Yeah, it was, it was, it was loud. There, it was yeah. a very loud at times there and that stuff, especially uh, when the Elks did make a couple of turnovers uh, there um, or that were on the receiving end of a couple of turnovers, yeah. positive results, and that uh, diving touchdown by um, uh, Cornelius. Man, yeah. the place went banana Dave Campbell. So there we go. No question about it. It was a lot of fun. It, it was for sure. Uh, we're going to talk to a defender on the Edmonton Elks, Thomas Costigan, their sack leader from last season. And this year has a couple of sacks, 12 tackles, and three on special teams as well. Looking forward to speaking with Thomas Costigan following the news. It is Campbell in for Wilkins tonight on 630 Chat Inside Sports.